We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of our Pack-A-Day podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Dan Connick. Joining me today, as always, my partners in crime, I've got Matt Frelick and Janelle Mackey. Guys, how are we doing today? Um, I know, Matt, we were talking earlier. I am dealing with a snowstorm. I don't know what you guys have been dealing with this week, but uh, Detroit's got our first snowstorm of the season, so trying to hunker down now. It's all the residuals from the game on Sunday coming your way. That's exactly what it is, yeah. I don't mind it. I don't mind a little Lambo snow making its way into uh, into Detroit. I like that. Um, can we can we talk about that though for a really quick second? I, I mean, just the is is there a cooler picture than seeing Lambo Field on a what essentially became a night game in the snow like that? Like I, I feel like that's one of the coolest images to see is a snowstorm at Lambo. Yeah, I mean. It's kind of what you hope for when you go to Lambeau Field. Like, yeah, of course, it's nice to be warm, but Packer fans love the cold. They love the snow. I had friends who were at the game, and they were like, it wasn't even supposed to snow, and that's like an extra bonus on top of being at the game. So Packer fans love the snow, and aside from really cool pictures, it just like kind of ties together the entire environment that is Lambeau Field and the frozen tundra. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it was supposed to snow either, Janelle. And I'm just like, I was. That's what I wanted to bring up right when Dan was talking about it. But 
Second thing too, like when there's a snow game or any game where there's like precipitation or any weird weather event, it's always strange to me. Like you're like you'll see highlights maybe like later, like maybe on the off season, you're like, oh yeah, the when the Packers played the Panthers. And then, like, you'll see a highlight maybe on a different clip, and you're like, wait, was that the same game? Because it, like, it puts me, like, in a twilight zone. I never know which, like, where, what, what when it happened. It's, it kind of throws me off. I do want to say, with, with the weather, equipment manager needs to find some new cleats. Seriously. around yeah. way too much. And is it, but is it the cleats, you know, or is it like the field? Because no. they were saying that too. Because I thought they fixed that years ago. They put the heat underneath it or like the the thermal, or whatever. And like, I don't know what's going on. It seems like because they talked about it in the broadcast. I think uh, Joe or Troy said something about like there's ice in the field, and I couldn't. I, I don't know. I yeah. feel like you should be able to play through that if you have the right equipment. I would love to know like the science behind what is going on on the field because it's not like players are slipping, refs are slipping, everybody's just slipping around. But Aaron Jones has the right cleats, it looks like. He doesn't slip around, so everyone needs to follow And Zedarius, and Zedarius too. They mentioned how yeah. he wasn't having any trouble, which I don't know if that's true, but yeah, very strange. And, and I don't know if it's something that I am just noticing now or if it's been, always been a thing, but it seems like uh, recently there's been a lot of, like you've seen a lot of divots coming up from the field recently um i feel like that's something you really didn't always see a lot of uh in lambo um i, I want to ask this question i don't know if it's a uh out of stater question um more so because you guys have spent uh time living in and around green bay but for me as someone that's been that lives out of town and usually gets to make one trip a year i i've always wanted to be a part of the group that gets to shovel lambo and so for me it's a big conundrum if you promised me either you're going to have snow during the game which like we just said is an amazing experience which i've gotten to see a couple of times but also if you said instead you're going to get to shovel lambo and for me that's a very big uh decision if i had to choose between the two is is that is that something that you guys uh would have trouble choosing? Is this like a, a thing that people that live in Lambo or around Green Bay uh, don't have to worry about? Dan, before Janelle met up with us tonight, I told you I hate the snow. So why would I right. want to go and shovel snow? <laughs> like, if I'm going to be somewhere with snow, at least I'll have a beer in my hand watching the game. Like, but isn't there some? Isn't there something about that? Am I? Am I? You just... get paid like ten bucks an hour, I think. Too. I, right. I don't know if it's. Uh, well, I, I mean. Well, I think for me, it's more the, you know, the experience of it, you know, I I mean, it's kind of like, I don't mean to hit like a a topic here, but you know, the, the Packers stock, you know, I, I have a piece of the Packers stock. Oh, you're an owner. You're part owner. Right. You're part owner. as, As am I, as am I, you know, it's, it's sort of like a ceremonial thing. Like it's, it's cool to have. And, you know, it, it means a little something to you because you're part of the, you know, you're part of the, the group and the organization, but isn't that kind of like how, you know, that is, you know, you get to be a part of the, the experience at Lambo. I mean, if I'm going there to shovel and Dan or Janelle, are you owner at all? Do you have any ownership? No, I do not. No. Okay. So Dan and I being supervisors of the shoveling operation, (laughs) I'd be more inclined to do it then. Like, Hey, you know, (laughs) listen, like, a lot of lot of lot of glove like wiping off and leaning up on my shovel, but no, I don't I don't want to go shovel for any reason. And it would be cool though. Like, it, I don't know. I'm 
like I moved to Green Bay after 18 years. So like I never got to go do it, but like I would any extra time I could spend in Lambo, I 100% would have taken it. I don't care if I'm shoveling. I have to shovel my driveway anyways, like I would rather go shovel Lambo field and like it's just another sense of community and what this team is outside of football. Like where else are you going to find like thousands of people who are going to say, yeah, let's go shovel at eight o'clock in the morning. Probably not a lot of places. So I definitely, if given the opportunity or had I known how to do it, I definitely would have no questions asked. See, uh, that's, that, that's, uh, that's, that's exactly the sentiment I was, I was hoping for. That, that's exactly how I feel about it. And I think um, Packer fans are also just crazy enough to want to do it. <laughs> That's yeah that that can't be that can't be discounted in all of this stuff is that the Packers really at this point could you know they could really just ask anything of their fans and they would show up and you know be be ready to to I don't know I'm trying to think of some some crazy crazy thing that they could ask people to come come to Lambo and do but I mean seriously like the organization could just basically ask for anything and there would be a thousand people lined up to go to Lambo and and do it just to be a part of the the organization and the experience. Yeah, and I don't feel as guilty if I don't want to do it then. <laughs> that yeah, that that gives you a bit of an out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So before we kind of talk about our our, uh, our main topic today, uh, we're going to kind of dive into some disappointments and also biggest surprises of the season so far for the Packers as we hit the bye week uh, this week. But we wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, uh, news that kind of broke Packer related as uh, Zeke Bratkowski, the um, Packers backup quarterback uh, for all three of those NFL championships in the sixties with the Lombardi Packers um, passed away this morning in Florida. He was 88 years old. Um, a name that probably a lot of, uh, you know, gets lost in, I mean, just history with, with those teams guys, because, when you think of the Lombardi Packers, you think of you know the double-digit Hall of Famers that are in that whole group, and obviously, uh, with Bart Starr passing away recently, his name kind of takes the forefront. No, always has, but um, you know, looking at it, eight and one in his games with the Packers, where he came in and uh, either replaced or started for Bart Starr, he's just a solid, a solid Packer, and you know, made made the organization great, and it, it's. Uh, that that whole organization with Lombardi had a lot of really great, not just players, but uh, really good people on it. And from everything that I've read and learned about uh, Zeke, especially today, it seems like he kind of fit that mold perfectly. Definitely. I think uh, I saw Wayne Larravee tweet something out earlier today. Um, it's mid-afternoon, just saying how great of a person uh, Zeke Bredkowski was. I didn't realize he was 8-1 and one in his career for the Packers because it just didn't I, I had never heard of the guy. Um, it's interesting to think what like type of role a backup quarterback played in the you know the fifties and the sixties. That would have yeah. just an interesting dynamic of if they thought they'd be called upon more often or not. I would probably say not, just because guys just kind of battled through injuries. Uh, it would be kind of cool just to figure out what type of relationship him and Bart Starr had. But um, 
uh, it is Veterans Day. He did serve in the U.S. Air Force as well, so took two years off before he went and go went and played for the Rams. And following that, or finished up his stint with the Bears, played with the Rams and with the Packers, like Dan had mentioned. But uh, the one thing I looked at too statistically, like his quarterback ratio or his tight or uh, touchdown interception ratio, just a little flip flopped, sixty five touchdowns to 122 picks kind of kind of bizarre i don't know if that's a typo or what but i would say it's not since he was just about 50 percent completion percentage so not gonna rag on the guy i mean the forward pass wasn't out too long before he started playing quarterback but yeah it's just uh it's 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 interesting too because you start seeing some of these people um like obviously bart Starr and some of these notable guys like passing away and you just kind of see this era of old packers uh, history leaving us so you have to always kind of just remember where they had came from wow way to bring me down with that one matt geez <laughs> it's really sad to well, think I, about, well it's but, true um, i mean i mean not many people i mean you don't have a like who's going to continue to talk about the packers like after like it's our grandparents generation is going to be gone like our our my my parents my dad was barely like 10 years old when any of this was going down so it's just you kind of have to Remember where the roots are, I guess. Right, and well, and I think you, I think something you kind of mentioned, you know, our our pro- there's a lot of people learning more about, uh, you know, that really great era of the Packers because, um, you know, they're getting that's it's coming into the news again. You're you're having to kind of learn more about an organization that I mean, you know, it, it's it's the Packers. We think that we kind of know the whole history and everything about it, and we just kind of learn something new uh, every single time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we transition into that, guys, let's, uh, let's go into, uh, the here and now these Packers today, we are in the bye week eight and two going into the bye week, which is amazing, uh, that we're at this, that we're at this stage and also amazing guys that we're at the bye week already. Doesn't it feel like we just had the bears game like three weeks ago. I know. Yeah, it does. Way too fast. I swear, like, every year it'll be August, and I'll be like, I'll think back to the year before when it was, like, week one or two, and then it'll be, like, uh, like CBS or Fox, like, 11, 11.30, like, when they're doing the countdown, or like, before games, and I'm just always seeing it's, like, it'll just pop up all of a sudden, like, week 10, and I'm like, how the heck, or, like, someone will say, like, oh, we're halfway through the season, like, there's no way, like, I, it just flies by, I can't believe it. I know, you hear, like, I hear eight and two. And that doesn't strike me as much, but then I hear like, oh, we're going into week 11. It's like, whoa, hold up. Like when you hear the week we're on, all of a sudden it's like, okay, we got to step back a little bit, slow things down. That's, I was, I was just thinking that it's like, you just keep like, you don't even realize that you're just accumulating all of these weeks when you're looking at the, the record of eight and two and you're like, oh, like, you know, you're just, yeah, it's eight and two. Like, this is great. But you don't even realize that means that the season is almost completely done. <laughs> Right. At that point, um, so uh, as we look at the the la- the first half of the season here for the Packers, guys, um, disappointments and biggest surprises. Um, let's start with the disappointments. Uh, what's something for you guys that has been the biggest disappointment? And I think with with disappointment and surprises too, I think we can kind of throw in there like you know best performance like your best performer mvp if you want to call it that or you know the other side the the guy that's not lived up to expectations or something like that just really anything uh for you guys disappointment wise or on the, the negative side so far for the season uh i would uh, since i would say i'm more negative out of the three of us i'll start but uh <laughs> i would say current like 
thankfully, I've been prefacing, I don't have a lot of players specifically on the disappointing side, as I do specifically some, like surprises on the uh, other side. But I guess a player that I'm going to just name right away is uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, last three games hasn't really done anything. Uh, I really was – that was the one player going into the year that I was really, really high on. That was kind of the one I put my – you know, my stake in the ground saying this is going to be a guy that's going to have a huge impact on the year and step up and fill that number two position. And he really, I thought for sure that was going to happen in his first few weeks of the season. Plus then Devonta Adams goes down. It's just like, it's the red carpet is just rolled out for him to have a huge, um, you know, a huge month and it just hasn't happened. So I would say just Marcos Valdez Scantling and just maybe just the number two uh, receiver play in general. Uh, you've seen the supporting cast have to develop, which I think is, more on the positive side, but that that's the first person I'm going to uh, be a little bit disappointed in. And I'm going to kind of snowball off you because one of my points was wide receivers struggling to find the end zone. I'm disappointed yeah. in that because it's like, I don't like six combined touchdowns from receivers between four guys and Devonte Adams has yet to even find the end zone, even though he leads the team with 537 yards. So it's kind of just like, it's disappointing, but it's not like it's, hurting us because Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones are stepping up and we've got tight ends in there but it's just kind of like we we talked a lot about wide receivers in the preseason like a lot and we had a lot of high hopes for them so seeing them not find the end zone or they do and then it gets called back and kind of stuff like that that's a disappointment to me but like you said seeing the young guys step up and like they're still getting a lot of yards they're just not red zone players right now yeah, I would agree. I think uh, for me, I'm my biggest disappointment. Uh, if we're looking at a player situation, I'm going to go to the other side actually, and um, I'm going to I'm going to say I've been slightly disappointed with Jair Alexander this year, um, and not so much in just the the level of play, but it seems like it's been uh, inconsistent um overall this season i don't know uh, correct me if i'm wrong guys but it, it just seems like there's been way too many big plays given up like it seems like offenses are kind of finding out his tendencies and how to target on him and beat him um not not no, that it's yeah. been not that it's been overall you know a bad a, a bad situation but just I'd love to see the number one cornerback be a little bit more consistent. Yeah, I remember we had an, uh, a podcast recorded maybe a month ago, and it was right after the Saints-Cowboys game, and uh, Marshawn Lattimore had locked down Amari Cooper. He didn't really have any production. I, I think I said, like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Lattimore and J.R. Alexander are very similar talent, and then what happens? Amari Cooper just goes out and torches J.R. Alexander. And like ever since then, I've kind of just been watching. Like I've been like, okay, like maybe I really need to see who's like how good. Maybe Lattimore's that good, or maybe Alexander's not that great. And yeah, it's just been inconsistent. You would think uh, the production you saw, or just like the 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 skill set you saw last year from Jair was, you would think that would just have sprung him into this 2019 campaign and it started off really good but like you said Dan very inconsistent um that's just someone that you thought you'd be able to rely on like for every play he'd lock down maybe one side of the field or play on the number one receiver and it just hasn't it hasn't seemed to happen that way and 
I'm not really sure what's going on. Janelle, is that someone that you're concerned about? Or is there a different player in the secondary you're looking at? Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because that's something my dad actually pointed out to me yesterday as we were watching the game together. Just kind of disappointed, and he's playing so far off the guy, and then he's allowing him to get the yards, missing interception, like crucial catches that could have sealed the game for us yesterday. And that kind of came from a few different guys, but... Yeah, I mean, he was so productive last year, and you just kind of expected him to keep going up. And I don't know, he's just been really quiet, and a lot of guys getting past him, and late tackles, not running the right angle. And yeah, I mean, luckily, with Jair kind of struggling, Kevin King has stepped up, which that's kind of one of those surprises for me. But yeah, Jair, hopefully at the end, hopefully after the bye, we see him kind of start to heat up a little bit more and get more aggressive. Yeah, I think, too, that my biggest issue, I'll just transition a little bit here, is overall the defense, just coverage. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that would be, I hope, some of our top ones as Packer fans or anyone watching all these 10 games is um, in the press conference today, this is kind of a few things just combined into one. Uh, Matt LaFleur was asked, you know, why have you guys struggled covering the tight end um, and crossing routes. And he basically said communication on the defense, which is probably true. Like that's, that's a fair assessment. You know, you have Mike Pettin's defense, you're running a bunch of different shell looks or, you know, between the nickel and the dime and you have, you know, guys lining up every different position. And that's just kind of what Mike Pettin's done and what his tenure has been in the, in the NFL as a defensive coordinator. But we're, halfway through November like if your communication on defense which was back in July and August really really good like that was the the high point of the team and now it's breaking down now like that's that's concerning like I can see if that's in like early September uh you know maybe during the Bears game or you know just outside of the Eagles game as we previewed but that that's that's concerning to me I mean and there's blatant things going on where you're not passing guys off through a zone um yeah, Kevin people. King I mean, there was one. Yes, it's. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> just completely gives up on the guy, thinking that he'll cover him and wide open. Yeah, and I think to kind of piggyback off that too, Matt, it's even more disconcerting that a lot of these games are at home, where you expect that conversation, that you know, that communication to be a little bit easier. I don't know, you you feel a little bit more comfortable being in that home situation. Like it's not like the Packers have been you know, put into situations where communication should be extremely difficult all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's the main, like, that's the big concerning red flag for me. And I don't know if that has to do with maybe some of the, the leadership from Blake Martinez. Uh, he's been there for the longest, calls the plays for the defense, or at least, you know, communicates some of the other 10 guys in the field. So I don't, I don't know what it is. They have to figure it out, though, because – Time and time again, I mean, they, they, they've talked about the last few weeks in the broadcast, and I think every fan's seen that. It's just, it's very simple to attack the Packers' defense right now, just crossing patterns over the middle, um, get your fastest guys in space, and just have Oren Burks or Blake Martinez or B.J. Goodson having to run someone down. And if they're not running someone down and they're not passing them off, well, like, it's, it's going to be a first down. I mean, when Greg Olson, I mean, bless his heart, but he's – old like he's not the spring chicken anymore the guy we used to see being a top five you know tight end in the league and he's running away and almost getting I don't even know what he finished it with yesterday but I bet it was one of his top performances of the year so far if he's doing that and I just 
something needs to happen there. I don't know what's going on, but it, it needs to be figured out. Thankfully, I think the bye week came at like a perfect time because you're seeing it, it's being very exposed. Um, and I think they'll go back and look at the tape and figure that. But that's that's my number one disappointment right now overall. Yeah, and if I can, if I can transition to another one, I think um, we'd be very remiss if we were talking about disappointments and didn't bring up this special teams uh, for the Packers. I think I think it hasn't gotten a lot of or as much uh, press or publicity in the Packers. Uh, if I can steal the word blogosphere. Um, for it, I think maybe because Ron Zook is gone. And so, you know, before it was just really easy to hate Ron Zook. Um, but this special teams has been, you could arguably say it's been worse than, than last year. Right now you're averaging negative yards on punt returns. The kickoffs have not been better. Um, J.K. Scott has had a sophomore slump, to say the least. It feels like, um, luckily, Mason Crosby is still hanging in there and not making us regret, uh, you know, the decision to not go with Sam Ficken. Um, and I honestly, I don't know what, like, I don't know what you do for with the special teams. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't diagnose what is going on with the special teams, but. Like bad special bad special teams for me is like pornography. I can't dis, I can't give you a definition for it, but I can tell you when I see it, and I know it when I see it. And that's it, awesome. That's a, that's a great analogy. <laughs> that should be on a shirt. <laughs> I you know like like I can't I can't tell you how to fix this. I can't tell you how to change it or how it becomes better. But I can tell you that it's terrible and something needs to happen to it. And it's. I think I think you can go back and look at Trevor Davis being traded away. That that probably has maybe something to do with it. But really, I mean, overall, anyone you've put back there has had no chance to do anything uh, in that return game. And so I, something really needs a change with that special teams because it's it's great that you can, that's I mean that's still a third of your team. It needs it needs to get better to to really you know make an impact. Yeah, I I think Mason Crosby's done great this year, and let's not you know lump him into that whole you know, yeah, special team. Special definitely. teams have a lot of different variables, just like offense and defenses. You know, offensive mm-hmm. line, whatever it is. But um, Mason's been great, thirteen of fourteen, uh, no missed extra points, so you can't complain with him there. JK's been okay. I think he's top five in um, punts or like uh, punts inside the twenty, so that's good. But uh, outside of the top half in um, average, it, which it seemed like he was in the first few weeks, just bombing the ball but I don't know what's happened since then um but yeah Dan I mean it's it's blatant there's just bad it's it's I look at special teams not in a pornography sense but something of along the lines of you have to you know you have to maintain control you have to you know stay in your lane you have to you know set up blocks you have to there's a there's a a scheme there and I I don't think it's as it's definitely not as black and white as watching a team run a, a dime defense or a um, a single back offense. You're, you're, there's so many different variables between uh, special teams coaches and just philosophies. And it's kind of this, you know, it's, it's this puzzle piece together trying to fit a, you know, just people together that don't really play on the field together. You got fullbacks and backup cornerbacks and receivers. Um, but they have to play along, you know, with all all 11 guys on the field at the same time. You have to know who you're blocking. You have to understand 
what the the point of it is. If you're going to bring it out of the end zone, you have to get past the 25. If you don't do that, that's a failure. Um, if you're you know fair catching when you should be returning, or if you're trying to catch a ball off your face when you should be fair catching, like it's just that can't happen anymore. And I and I think it's it's probably easy to point like, oh yeah, they should have kept Trevor Davis because I've seen some of that in the last few weeks too on Twitter. But I don't think that's really the answer. Um, it's, it's it really is disappointing. Like I don't know why you can't just not suck at it. Like just be yeah. just be okay. I've for the life of me, I don't understand why teams can't find someone. You need one guy, pretty much, for your team that you can just like hang onto the ball, catch it, and get you five yards on a punt. Yeah, it's not. Decide whether or not you should go in the end zone. I'd never understood why it's so tough to do it's that. It's not like you're asking unrealistic standards. Like you don't want the guy to have to run it fifty yards every return. Like you just want somebody who can one catch it and two be smart about when to catch it, when to let it go. Cause there's way too many times where it's like, Oh, well I could catch it at the 18, but I'm going to let it bounce down to like the nine. So just kind of mental stuff like that too. And I don't know, they did release uh shepherd. So that gives another guy a chance to move in there and make a name for himself, which I'm blanking on the name of the player last night who was re- returning the punts and, actually got taken to the locker room. I don't really remember what happened to him. Tremont Smith. Yeah, Yeah. so it's just kind of – it's an experiment back there right now. And that's another thing too. Like how does Tremont – okay, Tremont Smith got hurt. Like we saw that he's on, you know, defending a kick. He's going down and laying his – I mean, really bad. I mean, I don't know why they're not calling that as a penalty because I thought that was something they were emphasizing for the last two years. But clearly, I mean, he's just leading with his head and gets knocked unconscious. So he gets off the field. But then you're putting Tremont Williams back there to return? Like, that's that's the next best guy you have on the team to return kicks? Like, how is that? How is that? Again, you can't find one single person to re- that's quick, that can catch the ball. And they've tried, obviously. They went and got Tremont Smith. They went and, you know, kept a few guys and they got a few guys over the offseason that thought they were going to maybe compete for it. But it just, I don't know. That's it's yeah. And I think they're, I was looking to their, um, giving up 10 penalties on special teams. So that's one a game. And then four in the last two weeks, like what it just, my dad is, I don't watch a lot of games. My dad don't live by him, but he's always, anytime I watch a game with him, it'll, it'll be, he, he basically like on a, a special teams play. If there's a, a flag he like walks out of the room every time and he's like oh but it's a holding like or like they should just throw a flag on every special teams play like old grumpy guy but like yeah he's not wrong like it's consistently it seems like with the Packers they're always just making those mental errors blocks in the back or whatever well and it, it's funny you bring that up because like it's not like there are big holes for these return guys to go through and that's what's creating the holds like if you're if you're gonna fair catch it almost every single time, why are you even holding? Just just let the let it go and he, and the fair catch it anyways. Like why are you holding at all on on a return that's never going to happen because you can't seem to set up a punt return to save your life. Yeah. Um, let, let's transition to the other side, guys. We I, I feel like we got a little we got a little dark. Um, with that. You're bringing up porn, and we're talking special teams. So yeah, I guess that's. It's, I hope it's not too dark. Yeah. No. I yeah. I uh, I didn't help it. I liked it sure. though. It was good. That was good. Uh, thank you. Um, that's my that's my five year uh, career in journalism at in college paying off. Um, uh, 
let's let's look at the biggest surprises so far of this season. Um, we've, we we kind of I think touched on them slightly with uh, talking about the offense and guys being productive, but I think. Uh, if I can just kick it off, Alan Lazard has to be the one of the biggest ones, right? He's come on and really arguably, you could say, taken over that number two wide receiver role. Uh, and, and you could make an argument as becoming, you know, a a really true number two wide receiver, not just a guy that's there because he's better than the rest of the group, but because he deserves to be, you know, kind of that uh, complimentary wide receiver. The, the receiver group as a whole is just – head scratching Janelle mentioned earlier like we talked about the expectations early before the season started and it was so high you thought you'd get production from this guy or this guy or this guy would step up and there's opportunities but I mean the fact that we're halfway over halfway through the season Alan Lazard's the guy that we're you know we're, we're just thankful almost not even surprised we're thankful that he's been able to be productive um, I think Alan Lazard's a good pick I just I, I think overall I'm disappointed with the receiver play but Without the production we've had from Alan Lazard or Jake Kumaro, um, you know, Allison's been here and there with a play or two a game, um, and that's maybe even a stretch. Uh, but yeah, like Alan Lazard, I, I I can't argue that, and I would say Kumaro too. I, I I'm surprised. Like I've always just like you know the John Coons of the world or the Jeff Janices. Like I always try to get behind those guys because it's just funny, but. Uh, seeing Kumaro step up too has been an awesome. So I would just say, yeah, the por- supporting cast of the uh, the receivers that you yeah, didn't expect remember, um, has been awesome. Kind of thinking way early on when EQ got hurt and kind of just looking, okay, well, Lazard body-wise is his biggest match and you kind of wanted that big body receiver because we have a couple smaller guys, but just – looking at him physically it was like okay well maybe this guy could come in and do something so to see him kind of earn that trust Rodgers wants him out there to just kind of see where he was in preseason versus now he's he's been a huge aspect to this team and I mean it's nice having a a big receiver out there and he he really hasn't disappointed me too much considering the role that he had coming into this game it's not like we had high expectations for him at the beginning of the year. So because we didn't have many expectations, he's kind of exceeding what we expected from him. We never really expected to see him play, but just the way that everything's rolling out and with Adams getting hurt and not having a solid number two, it gives these guys a chance to step up and they have. And Lazard and Kumaro are awesome to watch, like MVS and Allison not seeing too much of them. So it just kind of makes you wonder, okay, What's going on here? Like, we were pretty solid that MVS was going to be number two. We were arguing MVS or Allison. And now it's like neither of those guys. And you got Lazard and Kumaro coming in and kind of taking over. Even with a healthy Adams in there, they're still getting targets. Yeah. Uh, what about for any uh, specific surprises that you guys have had or, or – uh... You know, any anything, any more positive? I feel like we're still trying to get through the <laughs> into the positive here. What any anything else? Or, or <laughs> what like was uh, just give me something here. What do you uh, got? I would say two specific players for me. Uh, maybe I hope you guys maybe at least have one of them. But um, I'm going to start with Brian Bulaga. I think he's okay. had a phenomenal year so far. I mean, people were calling for his job over the off season for him to get cut. Um, so that's been one. And then also say stick on the same um, area of the ball. Elton Jenkins, like, dude's been playing yeah. crazy for a rookie. I mean, we look – I would say we look back in the offseason and you're like, okay, Billy Turner, Elton Jenkins, like, 
I don't think many people were thinking that Jenkins would be, I don't want to say outperforming, but he would be, I, I thought Billy Turner was like, okay, this is the guy that they're really satisfied on. Like who's going to play that left guard spot. Um, I mean, it wasn't too long ago. I'm going to forget his name. Um, who was there before he went to the Browns for us. But I mean, it's, that's someone that's filled in phenomenally. And I think yesterday he didn't give up any single uh, pressures on Rogers, no sacks. I mean, he's Jenkins is dominating for a rookie, uh, 23 years old. So it's, it's, it's awesome to see just someone where the Packers have struggled for years. Uh, not I wouldn't say years, but just, I guess years overall having a cohesion between that offensive line. Um, so those two guys, I mean, just phenomenal, phenomenal work from them up in the, uh, up in the trenches. Yeah. And then I have two guys as well. Yep. <laughs> Uh, the Smiths, obviously, like, have to talk about them. Kind of like when they got picked up in free agency, it was mm-hmm. kind of like, who are these guys? What are they going to bring to this team? And I don't think I ever expected this big of an impact because it was just we were kind of rebuilding this defense. And I didn't really know too much about them. I wrote an article kind of which was helpful trying to learn who they were. But watching them play and the way they play together, it's almost like a competition between the two who's going to get to the quarterback first and just the way they play. I mean, Zadarius has eight and a half sacks. Preston Smith has 10. These are awesome numbers to see from two new guys in the program. And Zadarius comes in wearing the C, so you know you expect great things from him. And not only do they change the game, but they change the atmosphere. Like, they have made it so much more fun this year. Like, I think after two very miserable years, they genuinely helped make it more fun to watch and I think that they're scary and that's kind of what we needed because aside from Fackrell last year we really didn't have anybody getting to the quarterback so it's awesome to see two guys with high numbers and still plenty of games left to go yeah I I think that's that's something uh interesting Janelle because yeah like I think you bring in those two free agents and you're expecting them to play at a high level and be disruptive. And I think we, you could say that you maybe weren't expecting this, um, which is surprising, but I think the most surprising part about them is that they came in and just completely took over that locker room and completely changed the culture, not just on the team, but in Lambeau, you know, because they were the ones that brought up, uh, you know, the lack of music at practice, the lack of, uh, you know, music in the games and the the videos, uh, you know, on third down and stuff like that. Like, they really kind of took this team over and this franchise and really created a culture around this team that got people excited. And I think that's probably uh, the most surprising thing uh, for me with the Smiths because I think we expected them to do, uh, you know, what they do best on the football field at a high level. Um, but, yeah, I think changing the, the system or the uh, – the culture like they did the most surprising part um, for me, uh, another one, I think you could make an argument that one of the surprising things is how well the offense seems to have gelled uh, as early as they did, because with it being a new offense and, and the talent around Aaron Rodgers at the wide receiving core, like you, we've kind of hit on, isn't, you know, it, it's not uh, all-star. It's not all pro level. It's, it's guys that are, are making their way, you know, in this league and, and have made a name for themselves in this offense. But, you know, we saw some trouble early on with this offense to get it, to get clicked. But 
once it's really kind of clicked, I think it clicked a little bit earlier than I kind of anticipated. I, I expected this to be a, a little bit more of a struggle. And I don't know, maybe if I've just got like Mike McCarthy PTSD trying to, you know, watch a terrible offense the last couple of years, but just to kind of see how well they've executed offensively as quickly as they have um, has been surprising for me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, I feel like we made that excuse for years when under the Mike McCarthy reign that it was like, oh, it'd be like week six or like week uh, six or seven. And you're like, oh no, they're still figuring out. You're like they didn't get all the reps in preseason. Or like, oh no, this guy was injured. And yeah, right. it didn't it didn't take long at all. Uh, that's been nice to see, and I think that that's a testament to Coach Lafleur. Um, I also think, I mean, you guys kind of both touched on it, but I want Dan to get his point in there. I just, one of the surprises I wrote down is team cohesiveness. That's, we haven't, I don't think I've ever seen a team change like a culture so fast in such a short period of time as the Packers have done, especially with outsiders. Uh, You have, like you guys mentioned, the Smith brothers coming in and I mean, just those two guys alone and just their persona and their personality kind of takes all the pressure off of everyone else. Um, They're joking in the locker room. I mean, the first few interviews they're doing, they're doing them together and that's just kind of ran. And like, that's what everyone kind of pays attention to. Um, But it just, it's crazy how fast a culture can change over time in a short period of time, I should say. Um, So that's something that I'm just completely shocked by. And then, then, yeah, with the offense, like Dan mentioned, it's just, it's, it's, that's one of the main things to me besides just the play um, by specific players is just overall, just what the team has done in such a short period of time. And, seems like they're just back on the road of, uh, you know, still using Aaron Rodgers' life in the NFL to try to get another championship. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, just off the field, like, kind of like what you guys are talking about, just seeing how they are in the locker room and with each other, like, the floor in the locker room, he's, he's got the guys with him, like, you don't see any issues, like, obviously we saw all those articles leading into the season about, okay, well, what's the relationship going to be? there's no question about their relationship anymore. They're joking around, they're having fun. And I think that's exactly what this team needed is there was no fun with it anymore. So that in itself has created a whole new atmosphere for what's going on. Yeah. Matt Vulfleur, I think you can throw on top of there a surprise too, is he, he's never really seemed um, above like, like his head is above or below water. He, He seems like he's, handling a, a very tough situation to be a head coach in the first time um, extremely well. And when he's failed, I think he's taken uh, accountability for it very well and shown that he is ready and willing to kind of learn and uh, and grow as a head coach. And I think that's been really, really big. Um, any, other, any other ones that uh, you guys wanted to touch on before we wrap up? Yeah, my last one, and it won – 100% has to be uh, the running back mm-hmm. group, but specifically Aaron Jones. Um, Josh mentioned that on Twitter today. I put that tweet out before we started recording, but that was the one, number one coming in that I had to talk about because for me, looking at Matt LaFleur's offense, he was going to try to implement this year. It is has been predominantly ran through the running back position and Packer fans over the last you know, two years or as, at least as long as Aaron Jones has been there, you haven't seen the production from that that position group. And not only are you seeing someone be productive that was already on the roster, um, that really you hadn't seen his talent fully exposed in Aaron Jones, um, but he's 
dominating. I mean, they're anytime Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones gets the ball inside the five inside the five yard line or the ten yard line, even it's like this is an automatic touchdown. Like I don't even have a question really almost anymore. If they get a full steam ahead and get to the outside, like it's it seems like it's a wrap. Like they're able just to get into the end zone. So um just the workload that Aaron Jones specifically has been able to do, but then even Jamal in that supplemental role. I mean they're they're up there right now for the best tandem, I would think, as uh, at, at that position in the whole entire league. So just the fact that Lafleur's been able to implement that offense and Aaron Jones is, you know, hasn't really blinked at all and be able to carry that workload, workload considering, you know, he um, wasn't highly touted coming out of uh, UTEP and he's been able to, you know, be productive and match someone like Christian McCaffrey yesterday and even throughout the whole league is just, it's, that's amazing to me. I mean, without that, the where would this team be? We would be, there would be nothing. I mean, you you miss yeah. Devonte for a few weeks, and you have no idea who your number two or number one receiver is at that point. And I mean, what would this team yeah, even look Aaron like? Aaron Jones becomes wide receiver one without Adams Very in. True. And, I mean, that's kind of something I remember watching him in 2017, his rookie year. I was like, man, if this guy could learn to catch the ball, because I think there was just too many. Okay, he could have had like touchdowns, big first downs, like all this stuff. And I was like, this kid could be great, but. His, if he can incorporate his receiving game into his run game, he's just going to explode. And that's kind of what we're seeing this year. Like, he has 135 rushing attempts, but he also has 46 targets, 35 receptions, and he has three receiving touchdowns on top of his 11 rushing touchdowns. So he's just really exploding this year and not slowing down. And it's kind of like they're talking about Christian McCaffrey, possible MVP. It's like, well, I think we need to start putting Aaron Jones into that conversation because at one point in the game yesterday, they were talking about McCaffrey now chasing Aaron Jones for the touchdown. So it's just awesome to see him develop this way. And everyone kind of has their doubts about him, but also Jamal Williams. Like I've seen too much hate for him. Like everybody wants Aaron Jones to be the sole ball carrier, but Jamal Williams carries his own. And depending on the defense, it's a Jamal Williams day or an Aaron Jones day. So yeah, I think the tandem together is what makes the run game so great. Like Aaron Jones is obviously kind of the better of the two, but I think they're better with each other. Very much so. Um, so yeah, that's that is our uh, basically you can call that our first half recap of what the Packers have been doing. A lot of uh, a lot of high notes. There's definitely been a, a couple of valleys in there as well. Got a little low. Um, and I think, uh, you know, Aaron kind of hit on it in his uh, his media availability today, you know, talking about how, uh, you know, this is the the bye week isn't, uh, you know, a vacation. It's it's a time to to improve and to get better as a team. And, you know, you carry the G with you everywhere. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't stop just because you maybe leave Lambeau or leave Green Bay for the week. It, it, it continues. And so. There'll be a lot more uh, to come, and it's going to be a, a tough stretch on the the second half here. So make sure you're sticking with us on the Pack a Day podcast for the rest of this uh, the second half of the season with us. Lots more to come up uh, this week. Should be interesting to see what we can put together here, content wise, uh, in the bye week. Uh, it should bring a couple of different new wrinkles, I think, into it. Um, so it should be fun. So make sure you're following along with us at Pack a Day Podcast on Twitter as well. Uh, all three of us are on there. At DK all the way is myself. Guys, where, where can uh, they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore F-R-A underscore. That's at Matt 
underscore F-R-A underscore. Uh, Janelle, where can they find you on the Twitter sphere? You guys can find me on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four, B-I-G-M-A-C-K underscore four. Perfect. And like I said, stick with us. It's going to be a fun second half of the season here. Tough, but uh, should be very interesting. So until we talk next time, guys, uh, as always, enjoy the bye week and go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.